Dear friends in Christ, were you forced to give up something for Christmas this year? You know, you couldn't have it all. Well, if you had to choose between gift giving and the decorating, you can't have both. Which one would you give up? Either you have decorations but no gifts, or you have gifts but no decorations. Or what about this one? Either you have Christmas music or Christmas food. You can't have both. Which one would you let go? Would you prefer a quiet house with food or the music of Christmas and no food? What about this one? Decorations and food. Which one would you give up? You can either have decorations but nothing to eat, or you can have food but no lights or tree. Well, do you know which one that a lot of people do give up at Christmas? It's the most common aspect of Christmas that's left behind, and that is remembering the birth of Jesus Christ. A lot of people skip that. They might say, you know, I'd love to go to church on Christmas, but we have a family gathering with the gifts and the food and the music all around the tree. You know, you can't have it all at Christmas. I have to give up something, so I'm going to give up remembering Christ on Christmas. I'm just going to have to let that part go this time of the year. Well, if you wanted to sum up Christmas in one Bible passage, what would it be? Well, I've got it for you so you don't have to flip through your Bible. John chapter 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That, my friends, is the essence of Christmas. You know, there was once a man who was in a cave in Africa on December 25th. He was all by himself, no Christmas gathering with all the relatives. He had no gifts, no decorations, no music, and no pile of food. Didn't even have a a cup of eggnog, a glass of that. All that he had was a torn-up old Bible. And... Somehow he knew it was Christmas. So he opened his Bible up and went to John 1.14. And he read it to himself. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And then he closed his Bible and he prayed in his heart, Thank you, God. In the meantime, there was a family in America. This house was decked out with every Santa decoration that you could buy. You know, the the big snowmen now that you can put up in your front yard, blow them up, and uh, not blow them up literally, but inflate them. Just in case you're not listening, yeah. Inflate them with the lights on inside. You know, it's all great. And uh, the house is packed with people, with relatives of yours that you know, and a bunch of relatives that you don't even know. Bing Crosby is singing about snow and open fires on a YouTube video, and the table's covered with piles of food, and children are opening up gifts one after another while the parents and the older adults, they're just having some small talk in the background. And a good time's had by all. And then one by one, everyone leaves that house and goes home. And there's no mention of Jesus that night or the next morning. Nothing. Now, who celebrated Christmas? That man in the cave or that family with the traditional jolly gathering they have? Isn't it a blessing this morning that 
You don't have to sit by yourself in a cave somewhere. Nobody around. You don't have to worry about worshiping God on your own. You're here. What a blessing that we can gather together as a Christian family and also to be able to ponder this miracle of God, of God becoming flesh. God becomes human. So let's look at that today from that gospel in John chapter 1. You know, the word obviously is who? Well, we know it's Jesus, right? And in fact, if you substitute a phrase, the infant Jesus, where it says the word, you can come up with some pretty interesting pictures. Listen to verse 1. In the beginning was the infant Jesus. And the infant Jesus who had come to us was with God. And the infant Jesus was God. He was with God in the beginning. Isn't it amazing to think about that? Jesus existed long before Christmas. Long before he became a human. He was even around when? Well, at the beginning of time. That infant Jesus was God. Do you know why the Gospel of John uses the word in his writings? Well, in the Old Testament times, if you wanted to see God, you know, where did you have to look? Well, you could find him somewhat in nature, because God is the creator of all things. But if you really want to get a clear picture of God, you really have to look at the word, the Old Testament. And they didn't have books back then like we do now. You know, we know that, in fact, most people, you know, they didn't even read. Most people would have to listen. If you wanted to see God, you'd have to go to the temple or the synagogue, and you would have to then listen and hear that word of God. And you would listen to the stories, the accounts, the miracles, the promises, the warnings, even the blessings. Those words where you saw God. But on Christmas, everything changed. The word became flesh. And instead of being far and distant, God is now up close and personal. He became human. God became human. He stepped onto our planet and gave himself the name Jesus. Now, isn't that interesting? Jesus is the only infant that I know of who technically named himself. Did you ever have you know, your own name? You didn't know what your name was until you were born, right? Jesus named himself. Before he was born, he sent the angel to tell Mary and Joseph what to name him. Have you ever thought of that before? That's what sets the Christian faith apart from all other religions in the world. Only in Christianity does God become human. In these other religions, they, their God you know, keeps its distance from them. But our God, he didn't just write us a letter or perhaps even send us a representative. He didn't bring his companions from heaven with us, uh, with him to just visit us. No, he spent nine months in the womb. And he put on that same human form that we wear today ourselves. He allowed himself to be born into a lowly peasant family. And he spent that first night sleeping in a feed trough in a stable for animals. God did that. Why? Well, because our world's a very dark place when he arrived, wasn't it? 
I'm not talking about that picture of the dark night when the shepherds are out there. I'm talking about a world that is dark with sin. Adam and Eve, we know, brought sin into the world. And ever since, every human being has been born with a sinful heart. And there's an incredible amount of selfishness and even self-centeredness in our world that we experience even today. Have you noticed that? Have you ever you know, seen that come out of your own heart? Deep down, every human being wants to be God. You know, we might say, well, I want to be in charge of my life. I want to really trust in myself. I want to make money for myself and spend time with people that I know makes me feel good about myself. Me, me, me. But deep down, everyone knows that there's something wrong here with that. And for some people, they may say, well, there's something missing in my heart. There's a hole there. I don't have a relationship with God. Well, there's a dark cloud hanging over our planet, and it's not going away. You know, people try to forget about that by decorating and having snowmen and cookies and gifts, but that dark cloud won't go away. And after all those things are put away for Christmas, it still remains. And that's why God became human. In verse 4, John says, in him, in talking about Jesus, was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. So when God stepped into our world, it was like him shining a bright light in a dark, dirty basement below. Jesus, the light of the world, had come. In him was really something that was not that, uh, that was not there. It was lacking in the world. And that something was life. I'm not talking about physical life. There was plenty of that life going on. No. The life that Jesus brought into the world was a deeper, more spiritual life. Do you want to hold on to a relationship with God? Well, that's life. And Jesus brings that to you. Do you want to understand what the purpose of your existence is in the world today? That's life. Jesus brings it to you. Do you want to have hope that these years that you have left on this planet, that the light, those years that you live really isn't it? And there's something more, something better than even this life. Well, that's life. And Jesus brings it to you. Why was it so important for Jesus to become flesh? Why couldn't God, you know, just come as a spirit and, you know, set up shop somewhere and, you know, we could just go to that spirit and, uh, you know, he would set us all straight. But God became flesh. He became a human being because as a human being, he had to do something for us. And that was to die. He is the one who gives us that life in that way. Isn't that awful? You know, when a baby's born... When we have babies born in our lives, you know, you're not supposed to think about how that baby is going to die, right? And yet, when you look at the infant Jesus, you can't help but think that that is why he came. That's the number one reason he became human. That's why Christmas happened, so that God could die for you and me. God became human so that he could take our sin. And we're not just talking about those little moments when, you know, we are making a small mistake. 
God became human so that he could take upon himself the darkest, most horrible sins of ours. And even that sinful nature that we inherited from our parents. Now, don't go and say thank you to them if they're still alive. But we know that Jesus, he was born to take that sin. And as that infant, 33 years later, well, he died with it on the cross. And look what happens to all those who believe in what that infant Jesus would someday do. Verse 12 says, Yet to all who received him, to all those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Believe in Jesus, and he makes you one of his children. Isn't that good news? God became a part of our earthly family so that we could become a part of his heavenly family. Jesus took on flesh for us, for our sins, so that you and I someday could rise from the dead with none of our sins. People say that Christmas is all about family. Well, that really doesn't mean much until you bring Jesus into that family. Then Christmas is all about family. Here God becomes a part of our human family so that we can become part of his. Think about it in a few days. Christmas is over and all the earthly stuff, it's all got to be put away. And the one part about Christmas that is never over is what we read in verse 14. This is something you can never put away. This part of Christmas it's the best part of Christmas, and it lasts all year round. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And all of God's people said, And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. And now may they may the peace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.